Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our evening with medium events coming up on April 24th, as well as August 28th and December 4th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com, so make sure you grab those before they're gone. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are about 10 to 12 minute shows. We pick a topic that is in the really in the area of emotional or spiritual intelligence, and Kelly and I give you a toolkit. The very first show in a series of five can be found on the website by sarlo.com. The other four are found on patreon.com backslash by sarlo. And our site is going to have an access for you soon to the Patreon site. Good. We have gift certificates and personal sessions available. Um, You can purchase those and experience them from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, and now WhatsApp and Zoom. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if you're listening on Thursday morning, you've got early access to us on patreon.com. And if you're listening anytime after Saturday morning, thank you so much just for tuning in. Um, we have officially started bringing um, this as early access to patrons, but now giving video to the public mm-hmm. on Saturdays, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you can't see our faces and you're like, how do I do that? Um, we're on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to the channel. It costs absolutely nothing, um, but you can see our smiling faces um, and and all the weird faces we make throughout the shows. I was just going to say, I think when they watch it, that it it actually can explain some of the pauses and some of the responses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Ready to go? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So this story is um, about a client. He's a male. Kill. Pick a name. Jason. Jason? Okay. Jason um, is in his late 50s, and he decides in his session, after going through consent, that he wants to know um, about his uh, soul contract. And I found that really interesting because it's usually women. (laughs) We've done quite a few shows on men who have been seeking that lately. Yeah. Well, thank you for reminding me then. So he asked what the soul contract was, and when I said, do you mean between you and your own soul, or do you mean between you and another person? And he said, well, I'd like to start with what, with whatever you get, and then I could jump in and ask questions. Is that correct? And I said, yeah. So I asked the spirit guides um, like what, what contract he, he wanted to know about, and they said that it was heavily combined between him and his own soul and him and his wife. And the first thing they said is, um, well, actually, I'll just tell it all in the story. So, and I'm replaying all of this. I'm saying everything that the guides give to me, to Jason, and all the way through the session, because I don't want to keep saying it over and over again, that he confirms the accuracy. I think I'm just going to say that from the beginning so that people can sit back and listen to the story. And I don't have to keep saying, and he mm-hmm. confirmed it. Okay. It'll be, I think it'll be a nicer listening to it. So his spirit guide said that at the very beginning of their marriage, uh, the two of them met in school. So they were in law school together and both succeeded in becoming lawyers, then married and had children. And at the very beginning of the relationship, um, his, his wife, what would you like to call her? Wanda. 
<laughs> Wanda, um, would, would cross boundaries. He, he would have a client, he'd have the papers on his desk, she'd go into his office, she'd see it, she'd read them, whatever he was working on, she'd pick it up like it was her own stuff. And when he wasn't around, she would even pick up the phone and call his client and give information. Or if she saw that he needed information and he had a post-it note, she'd call his client and say, hey, it, it's uh, Jason's wife, Wanda. Um, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I was just noticed a, no- a note on his desk and he needs such and such a paper from you, thought I'd help out. And the cl- for the most part, the clients were always shocked. But sometimes she really was fulfilling a need, so they'd let it slide. And sometimes they wouldn't. They'd bring it up and say, did you know your wife called me? Like, your, your wife looked at my file and told me that I wasn't getting, you know, this settlement. I got 3000 instead of five. Like, she would even call his clients and give results, like, re- like give information that was confidential. And he covered for her. He would say, oh, yeah, yeah, what did you think about that? Or, you know, we did our best, and he would, he would slide over it. He would never really address it. And if somebody got heated about it, then he would apologize and he would do a little favor for them. He might say, oh, you know, we don't need to charge you full amount for that. We can do a reduction. Like he would do little things. I'll say squirmy things. Shady. Oh, oh, shady. Yes. Yeah, that's a way better word. So he did shady, illegal things. And I said, I told him that. And he said, yep, that's really true. And I said, you you did these things because you were too afraid that if you confronted her about it, because at the beginning he did, he'd say, you called my client? You, like, like that makes me look terrible. Mm-hmm. And she'd get into a pissy fit and she would make him pay so she might go home then and just not change the baby's diaper until he did she would make the kids pay she would make she would bring it up in a group dinner she would make sure oh curious to know what she would bring up in a group dinner given what she did was illegal oh she admitted to the friend group the shitty things that she did that were illegal jesus so there is a friend group that also understands that she has crossed boundaries. And some of his friends actually pulled him aside and said, dude, you could yeah, lose your license. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And then, and he would say, well, yeah, but like, I'm at the point now where I could lose my license if I, if I, if I do anything. Mm-hmm. So it didn't take long for him to lose complete control. And for her to gain it. It only took a few phone calls for him to realize, wow, uh, if any one of these clients report me, I'm the one that will lose my license. Mm. Um, She may lose it also. And then she would say things to him like, yeah, go ahead, call them. You want to lose the two cars? You want to lose the house in Florida? You want your kids um, to have parents that are lawyers or not lawyers? Do you really want us to both go work in a Walmart? Really? minimum wage and and she would she was like super condescending to 
the people who work in Walmart and live decent, honest lives to think that her life was better because she was a professional or that she made more money or that she had status and that as a couple, they had status and that allowed them and their kids to be treated differently mm-hmm. than those other families. And he bought into that. Unfortunately, I've already named a show title Gross, so I'm really racking my brain for another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gross times two, maybe. I I, I don't know. Mm. But anyway, um, he said, what's the point in telling me this? I've lived this shit. And I said, well, you asked what your soul contract was. He goes, yeah, well, I failed to see it. That you're caught? <laughs> You're yeah. failing to see that you're caught. Well, he doesn't. Okay. So he, yes, Kelly, he fails to see Fuck. that he's. <laughs> That's going to be a rough life review. Well, he fails to see that he's caught because even though he's come and he's booked this appointment and he, he's here to hear something, he's also still in defensive mode of, well, it's just Karen Sarlo. Who cares? You're just a psychic. Who's going to believe you? You can't call my association. Nobody would believe you. True. And that is true. So I said that to him. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. Again, gross. Like there's gross on different levels. But anyway, so I said, well, one of the contracts I said and, and for you and your own soul was to break that pattern in this lifetime. I said, because it, it, it goes deeper. So here, I want to continue the story. I said, you, you didn't bother to stand up for yourself at the very beginning. And even though you you did the first couple of times in that you questioned it, but you didn't actually follow through with a consequence. And I said, so as a result, she has full control in the marriage. She has full control in the business because they're, they're partners in a law firm. And I said, and she has full control over the staff. So if the staff, um, if you're if you tell them to do something, she can override it and they will always listen to her. They know they can't listen to you. So it, it's even to the point where they don't ask you anything anymore. So you're a little bit being erased at work. And he goes, yeah. And I said, so you're, there's anger. And I said, and she erases you as a father. So you can, you can go out and do things and buy the groceries and put on a party and it's seen that you're you're a lawyer, you're a big person. I don't know what that means, but anyway, your ego is big. You can do things in society, like he's in the Chamber of Commerce and all these different things. And I think it's like, what do you call that? Knights of Columbus. Like he's in these groups where he really rises to the top. Like he can, he can be the one, I don't know what the head of the Knights of Columbus is, the Grand Knight or something, but he, he rises high in that organization. And he purposely tries to find organizations and situations where women aren't allowed. And, and it's not really that he doesn't like women, it's that he doesn't want his wife allowed. Mm. <laughs> because then he can go in there and he can try, and this is something that I think is remarkable, he actually tries to have all of his integrity there. So somebody listening might think, well, he's a worm. So why would he be in the Knights of Columbus or in any group? Wouldn't he just be a shit? Wouldn't he just be an ass? 
No, he's the exact opposite. He really has integrity in them. He works super hard to be not, not just kind, but really a man of integrity and a man that he's proud of. So I said, they're I apparently accepting conversation with you. Yes. I, I, I totally agree. I'm saying he finds pockets okay. where he, he picks and chooses them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can see steam coming oh, out fine. of your head. <laughs> and I'm sure she's having an affair. Oh, you know what? I don't know about that. But as I continue the story, he falls in love with another woman who's very kind and has nothing to do with the Knights of Columbus, nothing to do with lawyers, nothing to do with anything in his life. She's just totally the opposite of all of these things that are currently in his life. Mm-hmm. She has her own career, but it's it's very independent. She's very true to who she is. She's one of these areas where he sees that, oh my God, I could really be me with her, just like I can really be me when I'm at the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. And and so he's really, he's pulled, what do I do? And this 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 woman, what do you want to call her? Angie. Angie. She, Angie presents to him an opportunity to, to make decisions in his life as to, am I actually really going to come clean? And so he tells his wife, and she laughs in his face and says, <laughs> whatever, dude. Like, if you want to go be with Angie, go. But like, I'll take down your career. You'll lose your license as a lawyer. Will she really love you then if you have no income? Mm-hmm. If you're, and he thinks, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if she'll love me then. I'm not, I'm not certain. So now there's a little bit of uncertainty in that. Even though he doesn't ask Angie any of those things, Angie voluntarily tells him these things like, like she knows that's what's important. But she frees him. She just says, do your thing. She's, you know, like, there's a mess there. I don't want any part of your mess. So you figure out your mess. I don't want to be drawn into it. I don't live my life like that. So you've, you've figured that out because you've got almost like two whole different lifetimes. And I'm not interested in an affair. I don't do that. Um, I, can, I can acknowledge that we have feelings for each other, but that's all I can acknowledge because we haven't dated or been together. Mm-hmm. We haven't had sex. We haven't touched each other. We haven't done anything. I can just admit to an attraction. I can just admit that there are things that we like about each other, but that is it. And I'm not willing to take another step forward unless you clean everything up. And cleaning it up might mean that you tell your association what had happened in the past and take a fine or take whatever consequences. And that's what he does not want. Just like his wife doesn't want to deal with any consequences, neither does he. Mm-hmm. And so he looks at me and he goes, ah, holy shit, I had never thought of it that way before. So he only saw it that he was trying to keep the family together, the lifestyle. He was being a good dad, a good son. He thought he was just being a good person um, because mom's crazy. So I don't want to go through a divorce. She'll probably take the kids from me. So I'll stay with her. At least there's one healthy parent here. So he thinks of himself as the healthy parent. Mm-hmm. And the, his spirit guide said, you've got to be kidding me. 
And so when I say this to him, he looks at me and turns like tomato red. And so I just kind of look out the window like, well, I, I don't, I, yeah. personally, I don't care. Like, I'm not shaming you. So I had to actually explain that to him and say, Jason, like, I'm not here to shame you. I'm just saying that the guides see everything and that when you come to somebody like Kelly or I, that is what we're supposed to give you is the truth about everything with an opportunity to say to your spirit, do I want to come clean or not? But here you are at this point in this lifetime where you have an opportunity. And Angie's also an opportunity in this lifetime where spirit knocks on the door and says, hey, do you want your life back? Do you want to meld back with your soul again? Mm -hmm. You do have choices and there are choice points in a lifetime um, where different people can come along. And I said, apparently you've got some friends in your friend group that have kind of like taken you aside and said, this is a shit show, dude. Like your wife is ruining your career and your family and your health. Like, come on. Whether you lose your license or not, there there can be another career with all of your expertise and skill. You can go out and consult. You can go out and do other things. It just means that life will be different, but you could actually have integrity and health and buy a house and create a home that's healthy for your children. And all he can think of is, well, I, I, I could, but then we wouldn't have two houses and we wouldn't have two cars and we wouldn't have the three vacations a year. And I said, well, no, you might have one vacation every year. You might have one vacation every two years. You might even decide vacations aren't that important. Live like the rest of us. <laughs> yes. You, you just might feel or figure out that there are other things that are important in life and that having quality relationships fills you up instead of a holiday. And he just looked at me like, what? Good luck, Angie. <laughs> yeah. Go, Angie, go. Run. <laughs> go, girl. Oh, there will be another person out there for you someday or not. Just mm -hmm. go be, go have your own life and have fun. Like you, Anyway, Angie's on her own, and she is doing all of that. So he says, do you happen to know the timeline and all of this stuff? And I said, I do. I said, I, I do realize that I'm giving you a lot of your past and that the Angie days have sailed, <laughs> meaning mm -hmm. she didn't stick around. She got to see it, and she moved on with her life. And as a matter of fact, as far as I can see, you're not welcome in it, even if you showed up. Because she has seen all of this quite clearly and isn't interested in thinking or believing that she's there to fix you. Mm -hmm. Or what if. Or, or wait for you or think that you're going to change. She's learned her lessons. And he goes, what are those lessons again? And I said, she's learned not to fix a man or to, fix to, or to be attracted to a broken one. Or a fixer-upper kind of guy, or a guy that isn't available emotionally or physically, and that that was part of her pattern in her own past, in her marriage, that her partner was emotionally and physically, sexually unavailable to her. So she's, she's coming clean. She's doing her own work. You don't need to poo-poo into her life. She's cleaning up that shit show. 
So he just, you know what, Kelly? Like in that moment, his heart broke Mm -hmm. because it was like, what? I was hoping that if I ever got my shit together, that that might be the thing that I hope that I could have someday. And I said, well, at the rate you're going, not in this lifetime. And he's like, you're, you're kind of crude. And I said, you booked an hour. That's all you have. That's right. You make the most of that. You want me to beat around the bush? Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, you're here for the truth, and you're just here to hear it factually. Angie mm-hmm. got things factually and can be an emotional person healthily. And he was like, say that again? And deserves not to wait and deserves to have happiness, mm-hmm. whether that's single or partnered or free. Yeah. And she's accepting all of that. So she's, she's taking that and living that life. And he goes, well, I hope I never see her. I hope I never run into her. I guess so. That's a pretty big smack in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a you didn't, you didn't choose this. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't try. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, so what were the lessons in there for me? Again? Does he have a notepad and pen? No. And no recorder? No. Of course not. A lawyer. Go on. (laughs) Was that? Okay. So, so I asked him what he wanted out of the rest of the session. I just said, you know, you booked your time. Mm -hmm. The spirit guides have come in to say, that had you chosen at the very beginning to use your voice, to speak up, to hold your wife accountable, to hold yourself accountable, that this didn't have to go from one or two events to quite quickly within a week, a dozen, and within two weeks, 50, and within a month, 100, and then over 25 years of marriage, thousands. And that at any point, you can change it. And he goes, okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. You, you. Go again. And I said, well, I said, the guides are saying that you're very close to retirement. You can retire if you want to. So you now have all of your investments to put you into a healthy retirement. And if you divide it by two, you're still wealthy. And he says, that's very true. I said, you still could have your own home, your own car, everything that you want. You're, you've really, you've done well, both of you financially. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been that way had I divorced her. And I said, that's not true. You tell yourself that to legitimize and not to feel bad. He goes, well, my wife isn't all bad, you know. She's really smart. She throws great parties. She takes care of the kids. She And so, yeah. Hitler was smart. <laughs> Yes. He was organized. He had impeccable systems in place. Yes. He was well thought out. He anticipated well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, wow. Like, I really wasn't expecting you to throw that out there, but that was. I'm reading about him right now. Yes, I do. I know you are. I know Mm -hmm. you're reading books about him or a book, but I. I'm glad that you threw that out there because it really is that harsh of a comparison. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand that that is the role model that his children 
have watched all their lives and that they never got a healthy father. I said, they've always had the second version of yourself, not the good version that you mm-hmm. thought you were with a possible person like an Angie or single. Mm-hmm. But your children have this 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 man who gets beaten by his wife publicly, privately, in every situation. And I said, they're modeling that. So they're either going to grow up thinking that you're a victim and they love you and mom's mean, but geez, mom gets things done. Like it's all very confusing to your children because even though you're a victim, they're going to eventually grow up and get some emotional intelligence and look at you and go, you're annoying. You're annoying. You're a pain in the ass. No wonder mom's mad at you half the time because you just, you do everything she says and then you whimper and complain, but Mm -hmm. then you're happy when she gets it done. You use mom. They're going to see him as a user Mm -hmm. instead of as a strong man that he thinks he is for putting up with a bitchy wife, Mm -hmm. with a controlling wife with mental health issues, which he's always walking around in his head thinking she's bipolar. She's this, she's this, she's mm-hmm. that. Geez, I wonder if she's manic. Geez, you know, there's narcissism. Oh my God, now. And so he's always got these ideas in his head with whatever he's reading um, or whatever YouTube thing that he's watching. He's trying to he's trying to figure out what she is with all of this behavior. And he gets very confused, but he just sits in the confusion and then gets sick of all of it, and then dumps it and just thinks, well, I don't know which one she is. So he tries to find things to occupy himself. But I bet you're not therapy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Which would have diagnosed it. That's right. <laughs> but we don't want to go to therapy because it would mean then... Consequence. That's right. It would mean that somebody holds the two of them accountable, and neither of them hold each other accountable. And they don't hold themselves accountable. And so their children are going to grow up, and now they're adults, by the way. Mm-hmm. So he's got adult, ch- fully adult children in their, oh my goodness, they're like late 20s, early 30s, done university. Mm-hmm. Like they're, all, they're, they're living their own lives where they're actually learning all of this stuff. And so he's noticing that they're moving far away. They don't want to live where their parents are. They don't want to have even to have weekend visits. So they've moved like across the country, so to speak, or across the state. They're gone. And it would be better to have you come for one week in one year. And our place is so small, you should really stay in a hotel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's the kids are going to set all of the boundaries around him that he thinks his wife deserves but he can't see that he's deserved because he only sees himself as a victim of this nasty, narcissistic, bipolar, I don't know, he's got so many terms for all of these things that he thinks his wife is Mm -hmm. without thinking for even a moment of his own narcissism, of his own codependence, of his own mental health issues. This is really fun because I, I, I say fun because typically... Roles are reversed. We're talking about the female being the people pleaser. We refer everyone to Beverly Angel's The Nice Girl Syndrome book. And I think so many people pleasers can stick their head in the sand and say, nope, that's not me. I'm I'm genuinely a good person. 
but they may hear this story mm-hmm. and want to crucify him and actually understand what people pleasing is and how awful it is and yeah. how destructive it is and maybe might still not see themselves mm-hmm. the same way. Oh, absolutely. Or maybe it'll hit them differently because now now they feel safe to be mad at a man mm. and then go, holy fuck, that's me mm-hmm. in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And like he has friends in the friend group that um, have backed away from ever bringing up anything about any of their behaviors. It's mm-hmm. just, let's go out and have a beer with them. Let's go shoot some pool. If he talks about his wife, there's no conversation. It's just basically, hey, could you put the ball over there? Could you get me another beer? They do their best as a group not to connect to him. That's sad. Mm -hmm. And he, he, you know, you can see Jason sitting there, I'll say, destroyed. Weakened, empty, so sad. And I think maybe for the first time in his life, understanding some of the actual consequences. Because he's been running from consequences. And it's like, wow, as hard as I work to avoid them, you can't. Mm -hmm. And here he is well into his 50s, fully realizing that he, he can't actually run from them. And, and I think truly being sad that his friends felt that they tried everything they could and that it was hopeless. Well, and the, they're, they're even still including him, but realizing, you know, we can let him be here or we can invite him, but not to ever expect anything from him either. Because it's not that they're disconnecting from him. You're also realizing he's not allowing us to connect with him. That's right. They've brought up topics about how his wife treats the kids and and what he could be doing as a dad, um, what he could be doing. Like they've said things to him, like uh, just about leaving, about being on his own, about being happy and being on his own, that it's okay to go through a court battle and to have to hire a lawyer, which he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to have to go through what he knows other people, that he's had to go through for other people. And so he just wants to avoid so many things. And he's realizing as we're, as he's aging that you just can't avoid. Mm-hmm. As much as you do your best to do it, something's going to smack you in the face. So he says, so my friends don't even like me. And I said, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they don't like you. I'm saying that they don't know how to communicate with you. You shut things down because you won't deal with things. And it's made you unhealthy. And they're doing their best to support you through something in case you're going to come out the other end. They still want to be there for you. That's actually caring for you. Mm -hmm. That's actually a lot of love and a lot of patience and a lot of trying to support you in ways that are very limiting. Mm -hmm. I think about Pooh Bear and Eeyore Mm. and the group and how... 
could never push him to get fixed or to get help. They never try and make him see another perspective. Mm -hmm. They always include him. They just sort of know what to expect. Yeah. And that that's okay and that he's still a part of them. I I really like your example. Mm -hmm. It's so kind. Yeah, everything about that show is. Yeah, and I think of the books. Um, I'm embarrassed I just said show. Because oh. I'm a book person, but I did just watch the Christopher Robin okay. um, remake. Well, and I'm thinking of the two books that I read as an adult, The mm-hmm. Tao of Pooh and The Tay of Piglet mm-hmm. by Benjamin Hoff, the two yeah. adult written books that are just beautiful and illustrate all of that, just like his other stories of the Pooh stories do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to Jason. So his question at this point is, well, what do I do with all of this? Why, why are you telling me this? And I said, well, you came in here and you asked what your soul contract was and you opened it up about between you and your own soul and between you and anybody. And the spirit guides came through to say that your contract with your wife had been to use your voice and it's not too late. You're coming into your retirement now where she won't be able to threaten you anymore with the loss of your career and your identity. I said, your wife has held a threat over your entire marriage for like 30 years to actually imprison you in a relationship. And you're at the point where you can walk out and be free. I'm not saying walk to Angie. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you can set yourself free and work on who you are for the rest of your own life. And he goes, well, I wouldn't know how to do that. Oh, we know. And that's, yes. I said, well, yes, you've proven that. And I said, you've proven that to everybody. And he went, what? I said, well, your friends are saying clearly that they already know that. Your employees already know that, honey. And children moved across the fucking country because they know that. Yes. And I said, so you, news. you haven't hidden it from anybody. And he goes, what? I said, well, did you actually think you hid that from your children, your employees, coworkers, um, clients, family, friends? I, I said, you thought you hid that from everybody? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you need therapy. And he goes, what? And I said, if you thought that you hit that, Mm -hmm. if you thought that nobody was ever going to watch a YouTube video, (laughs) if you didn't think anybody was watching the news Mm -hmm. about what gaslighting means um, or the forms of verbal abuse, like all of this is out now. And I said, so if you, it's in movies, it's in everything, it's in books, it's in schools now, it's everywhere. I said, did you think that people were going to see that and not think of you or your wife? And I said, oh, and I said, and by the way, your wife thinks that she's hidden this just as nicely as you. And he goes, well, doesn't that figure? And I said, well, yeah, because the two of you are in that bubble. Like I call that being in an egg. You're in that egg together. She doesn't crack it. You don't crack it. As long as you're stuck in it. I said, but your kids have cracked it. Your friends cracked it. Everybody else cracked it and figured it out and are just watching the two of you 
in your shit show. And he goes, okay. But you can see that he's still like, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, you've told me all this and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I'll go back to my job because I'm not retired yet. And um, we'll see about this. It's fine. They're a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, I noticed you didn't write any notes and you didn't take a recorder and you're a lawyer. I said, so... Top level denial, buddy. Yes. <laughs> Just crushing it. Yeah. I said, and I know of all professions that you know that you can write notes and that you can have a recorder. <laughs> so I know that you set yourself up to come and hear all of this today, but at an arm's length mm-hmm. and that you picked a psychic uh, somebody with these gifts versus a psychiatrist or a psychologist, because you actually looked down your nose at me. And and he just kind of put his head down, but didn't deny it. And I said, so I'm aware of, of that you think you're better than everybody else. And that's partly why you picked the profession and why you picked that kind of wife. Mm-hmm. That's because there's all, there are all kinds of women. There isn't one type of women. And and there isn't one type of female lawyer either. That's right. I said, you picked a particular person to match you so that you could get away with all of this. And we were done. <laughs> like, there isn't any happy ending to this story today. It's just simply what can- <laughs> we got a testimonial last week about how great of a narrator you are. <laughs> I'm thinking about, and then we were done. Yeah. Well, that is the hour. Yeah. Like, and I maybe you know people who who do therapy and or I don't know physio anybody that charges by the hour can sit there and go, yeah, sounds right. Oh yeah, I'm, you I'm can not, only. <laughs> no, I'm not disputing it. It was just funny in the way that you were telling the story. Well. I have to, I know you know this, Kelly, mm-hmm. but for people who haven't seen us and are just listening to the shows, we have to listen to the spare guides. We have to watch this like it's a movie. We get the feelings downloaded into us. So this is also meaning that during this hour, as I'm explaining this to him, I feel his rage. Mm-hmm. I feel his sense of denial. I feel his panic. I feel his terror at the beginning of the relationship when he is confronted by staff saying, um, excuse me, Jason, uh, this client called and said, um, Wanda called and, and gave all of this information. Mm-hmm. And the staff knows this is against the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's compromised everyone. He's, and that's, that came up in the session, was that he didn't just compromise his own or his wife's um, occupation. Those two compromised all of their employees and coworkers, other lawyers that knew what those two were doing. Mm-hmm that also turned a blind eye to it because they didn't want to report them. Mm-hmm. So like the implication that went out into the community about that, that now he goes to the Knights of Columbus and there's another, there are some coworkers there or people in his own profession or clients or family and friends of those clients that know how that couple operate mm-hmm. and how they now have to go, well, I know he's not trustworthy, but geez, now he's here in this meeting and we have to trust him. And, and protect him. Yeah. And at what cost he asks people to do that. Mm-hmm. 
to keep their own jobs so that they can support their children, their house, and their, fa- their families. And that he and his wife don't care. Their level of narcissism for both of them in that. And that's, that's another reason why he got referred to seeing a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to be really specific with no intention here whatsoever to hurt good therapists. But not everybody is a good therapist. Oh my God, no. Not everybody is a good psychiatrist. Not everyone's good at their job, period. period. We can agree. But to find somebody qualified mm-hmm. to be able to weave through that with him, because he and his wife have, have woven many messes, including in their friendships, mm-hmm. where they've compromised their friends. Mm-hmm. And that a good therapist, a good psychiatrist, whatever it's going to be, could walk them through doing those apologies and taking responsibility. And I I remember saying to him at one point, taking responsibility may mean that you're fined. It may mean that even when you're retired, you get fines in the mail and you have to pay them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know if that's accurate or not. And somebody might listen to this and go, no, once you retire, no. Or maybe yes, even after you retire, you would get fined for something. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. And I really don't know if there's a legal system out there where he lives that would care enough to go through files and contact people to research it. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really don't know. Because to date, all of his staff have never turned him in. Okay, but your point was, yeah. and, and if people are taking this in a general sense, accountability may mean that you are fined. Yes, that you have to apologize, that you have to admit something, that you have to call up a client from 30 years ago and say, I'm yeah. so sorry, I know this happened, decade, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and actually being able to come good and to feel good in the process. I said, you may feel fantastic paying a $1,000 fine. Yeah, the weight's just gone. Yeah, to get back your integrity, to feel... That, free of her. Yes. Free of us. Mm-hmm. And also... Maybe when you pay a fine or you, or you write a letter of apology, you actually feel like you're doing something for another person that matters. Mm-hmm. Maybe your children hear that and think, wow, dad's earning back some of my respect because he really didn't understand that any of his children really couldn't respect him. Mm-hmm. Even though he drove them to volleyball games, basketball, or whatever, mm-hmm. even though he did dad things, we're not, we don't want to take that away, but... He didn't earn their respect. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and I think some parents think that they deserve their children's respect because they drove them and paid bills. And that isn't how it works. And your kids will teach you that. Eventually, they will teach you that. So we'll see where he goes. I, I, if he comes back, I'd love to do a part two. I have no idea. The guides have not told me Oh, I forgot one more thing. He ended up seeing Angie. Um, and I don't remember when or what the circumstances were. They never spoke, but I just remember the guide saying that he had seen her um, and that they had just both gone their separate ways. Like they hadn't talked and he just confirmed that. So I, I, I want to say that in case that comes up in part two. Mm. I, don't, I just don't want to miss the facts. Mm-hmm. Neat. Well, Jason, come get your messages. Come figure it out. Come clean it up. I've also named a show that. That's not on the table. 
fuck, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope people listen to the show today and figure out if they're anywhere in this mess. Mm-hmm. And and if whether they're the employee that thinks, wow, I'm not going to stick for 30 years. Mm-hmm. She's talking about this guy and his wife breaking rules and people covering for them and what how it snowballs mm-hmm. when you just think the small things don't matter. One phone call, um, one little crossing of boundaries. Oh, well, they were happy to hear anyway. Oh, well, I was going to call her anyhow. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, my secretary was going to call her and give her the message, but my wife is a lawyer, so that's even better. No, it's not. It's crossing rules and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And when pe- when that is allowed to become murky, that that's where the snowball begins. And how important it is that had he used the voice, had he set the boundaries at the very beginning and didn't care about her temper tantrums and dealt with the consequences, he might have ended up divorced in year one instead of still married in year 30 and feeling like he'd lost 29 years of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a lot also, of congratulations. Not one single note on the table. Thank that, you. I, yeah, I know that, that. I know how difficult it is, and I know you sit here with a book all the time, and you write out your stories as as fast as you can get them down. Yeah. Um. So I know like, that's great. And I, I like sometimes I hope like like that listeners will understand how difficult it is, even when we do write notes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Again, if you're listening early on patreon.com and you've joined our tiers, thank you so much for your support, especially financially, um, although we do say above all emotionally. Uh, and if you are listening on YouTube today, thank you so much. Please make sure to subscribe, um, like, comment, share, whatever you can do really, really helps us out. Um, and if you're not on Patreon, it costs you nothing. So we appreciate that. Um, But uh, keep submitting your questions. It gives us content for more shows. And we're happy to continue meeting your needs and helping you grow.